Good morning and welcome again to our worship. Sorry I'm not with you this week as I'm currently serving Redeemer Narrowena for the full service. But today's sermon, today's sermon is about faith. You know, we all talk about having faith as Christians. And so today we're going to focus on the power of faith, power of this faith that we have as Christians. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of faith. We pray for your Holy Spirit to speak to our hearts, our minds, our bodies, our souls. Remind us of the love you have for us. Give us a perception of what it means for us to have faith, faith in you and your promises. And open up our minds and our hearts and bodies and souls to how you're leading us to live a life of faith. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Our focus for today's sermon comes from our readings from Romans chapter 4, particularly verses 13 through to 25. And it begins with these words. It was not through the law that Abraham and his offspring received the promise that he would be heir of the world, but through the righteousness that comes by faith. What's happening here is Paul is speaking to the church in Rome and he's picked up an Old Testament um, character, Abraham or Abram, which we'll talk about in a bit more detail during the sermon, to display what it means to have faith in Christ. And it's an interesting way to do it, isn't it? Because Christ is the New Testament character, but Abraham, he is considered one of the, the major players, major players in the Old Testament church, the Old Testament faith. And so what Paul does is picks up to show that Abraham had faith and a relationship with God that wasn't dependent on what he did, but what God did. And so I want to begin with a story of three brothers which were talking about faith. There were three brothers and their father had moved from Tasmania up to Queensland onto a, 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 into a rural town. And it was their wedding anniversary of their father and their mother. And the three brothers were coming from all over Australia. And what happened was the father sent them very detailed information on how to get how to get to the house in this rural town. He sent it in a text and he made, it was quite detailed. Well, each of the three brothers had a different approach. One brother followed the text to the letter as the father had sent it. Another brother said, oh, I don't need that, I've got GPS, I've just got type in Google and I'll get there. And the third brother goes, oh, look, I've been to that farm. I helped them actually move in. I roughly know where I'm going. And if I get lost, I'll just ask somebody on the way. Well, when it came to them arriving, of course, the first brother to arrive was the one that used GPS. And he rolls in and he sits there and he says, I'm here. I've made it. See, Google, help me. The father went, oh yeah, we'll just wait for the other two. And then the one who had all the fine detail rocked in and he'd made it. And he'd had some packages with him. But then there was the third one and they get this phone call at about nine o'clock at night and he says, I'm on my way, I just got a bit lost because the road we went down last time was blocked and I had to take a different tour. And I finally, I will be there in 15 minutes. And he was, he, he got there in 15 minutes. And then the father said to them, 
Along the way, did you enjoy the trip? And they, why, yeah? Did you enjoy the meal at the pub that I said for you to go? Now, of course, the one that followed the instructions and listened to the father and didn't rely on either GPS or his own understanding said, of course, it was a beautiful meal. Thanks for sending me there. It was good to have a rest there. And the one who followed Google goes, what pub? What meal? And the other one said, yeah, what pub? What meal? You see, each of the three brothers had faith in something, didn't they? One of them had faith in what their father had told them. And their father had it meant for them not just to get to the house, but also to enjoy the trip. But the other two, one had faith in the technology he'd given and just thinking it was about getting to the house. And the other one thought he knew what he was doing. So he had faith in himself. And so as we live this life, as we live this life, what I've come to realise is that we all have faith in something or someone Sometimes it's in ourself and our own abilities. Sometimes it's in other things. And sometimes it's in God. So the question for all of us to ask is this. What are we putting our faith in for the present and the future? What are you putting your faith in for the present and the future? Someone once said to me, it's important to understand that we have faith in something or someone because that will shape how we live today. But it also shapes where we have get hope from. It also shapes how we see life. And it also shapes our emotions. So can I ask you that question again? Can you reflect on that question again? Is What are you putting your faith in for today and for the future? Well, Paul today in Romans chapter 4 brings into the forefront Abraham or Abram. Abram was his original name and became Abraham. Sarah, the original name was Sarai. And he talks about his faith journey. And he talks about what was important and how Abraham had a good relationship with God and what that was based on. And just a bit of a timeline so you get a bit of a picture and put things into perspective. You see, God calls Abram and promises him that he'll be a great nation. He'll be the father of a great nation. And that happens in Genesis chapter 12. And then, as a result of that promise, God says, go and do some things, and Abram does them. He listens to God's promise, and he goes and does what God says, because he has this trust in God. And then we see in Genesis chapter 15, and this is critical to our understanding of faith and our relationship with God, that God credits Abram with righteousness, not because Abram did the right things, but because of his belief in God. Because he trusts in God. And then we see a bit further in Genesis, 
God promises Abram and his wife Sarai, which they were called at the time, a child. Now this sounds good, doesn't it? But there's a problem from a human perspective. Abram was 100 years old and Sarai was 90. And this happens in Genesis chapter 17. And what we see is, at this stage, they laugh at this initially. They scoff at God. But then they trust God. They have this lapse of trusting God, but then they turn around and trust God. And this next part's important to understanding of faith and understanding of our relationship with God in one sense. We don't command circumcision today, but circumcision was introduced in Genesis chapter 17 as a sign that if you're circumcised, you're you're God's family. If you're male and you're circumcised, you are part of God's family. Now, keep in mind it was introduced in Genesis chapter 17. This is going to become critical to our understanding of how we have a relationship with God. And then the other thing that's critical that Paul touches on in today's reading in Romans chapter 4 is this. The law that Paul's talking about is the Torah. And the law did not come into play until Moses came along many centuries later. And so we have this picture of Paul talking about in, in Romans chapter 4 verses 13 Two things, circumcision, 13 to 25, circumcision and law. And where do they fit in to this faith? What Paul's trying to do here, and keep this in mind, is Paul in chapter 3 is highlighting that everybody has sinned, but everybody is saved through salvation. And therefore, Abraham is the father of all nations, Jews and Gentiles, but it's not because of circumcision and it's not because of the law. One of our struggles as humans is we love the law because it gives us nice, neat boundaries. And in fact, once someone once said to me, I like the law because I've got some control of, of doing stuff. But as we know, and this is what Paul talks about in some of these preceding verses before chapter 4, that we cannot live up to the law perfectly, that we struggle with the law. So what do we learn about from Moses' journey of faith? Well, first of all, even when life looks dead or impossible, God can still do something. God is still creating something. Now, if you're childless, it doesn't mean God will automatically give you a child. You see, Abraham and Sarah's story is a promise specifically to them that Abraham will be the father of many nations and that they will bear a child in their situation. However, in the bigger picture of things, think about this. You know, we are dead to sin, the Bible talks about. And what happens is God still gives us life, even though it looks hopeless. And you, if you go through the scriptures, you see this time and time again, this message that God is giving us life even though it looks helpless. And so when we look at Abraham's story, particularly around the child's promise of a child, 
it sounds hopeless. You know, they're 100 years old and 90. They haven't had a child. They've been impotent and barren. And yet they still produce a child that God promises. The second thing that we can learn from Abraham's life, his journey of faith, is Abraham's righteousness, and this is the key message, Abraham's righteousness with God is a gift from God. Abraham, God declares Abraham righteous as a result of his faith in God, as he fault of his trust in God. Not because of what he does and not because he's of the right family. But rather because Abraham is trusting God. And this is critical for all of us. You know, some people ask me, well, everyone go to heaven. Well, that's what's called universalism. And it's actually been um, seen as a heresy in the church. And the problem is, it's not because people don't live up to God's expectations that they're not going to heaven. It's because they don't trust in God. They, They actually push God away out of their life. And we see this promise. Now, keep in mind, this is the same message that Luther stumbled across in, in some verses earlier, in actually Romans chapter 1, verse 17, where he discovered that our, our righteousness comes from God as a gift through faith. Thirdly, and this highlights this, is our righteousness does not come from obeying the law. It does not come from doing all the right stuff. Rather, obedience is a fruit of faith. So in other words, rules still have a role in our life, but they're not about burdening us. They're not about putting us in our place. They're not about us earning credits with God so we can get closer to him. But rather, the rules in our life is about showing love. Remember... The greatest commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul and strength and love others as much as you love yourself. And Jesus went on to say, and all these things are summed, this sums up all the things of the law and the prophets. And so this idea, and this is many people try to prove that they're good enough in life to others. Sometimes as humans, we demand it from others. Prove to me you're good enough. By doing X, Y, or Z. That does not give us righteousness. Rather, it's faith and the power of faith. It's about trusting in Jesus. The one who died on the cross for you and rose for you. That is what makes you right with God. One of the other aspects of the Abraham story that's important for us is that at times we will stumble in our faith. And you see this not just with Abraham, but you see this with other characters in the scriptures. You see this with Jesus and his disciples in the boat, if you recall the story, in the storm. And they, they doubt whether Jesus is actually interested in him. You see this with Thomas after the resurrection. And we see it today when we talk about Abraham. He stumbles, you know, scoffs at God, that God could not possibly deliver on a promise which he does have the power to. And we too will stumble in our 
faith at times. And so what we learn from Abraham is stumbling in our faith and trusting God does not stop God persevering with us. Does not stop God wanting to love you. No matter how far you stumble or how much you go away, God consistently will be at work. Work for you. Trying to love you, to let you know you're loved, to bring you back into his family. To strengthen your faith. And so at times, if you ever feel, oh, I'm not quite sure if my faith is strong enough, I want you to hold that thought for a moment because we're going to show you something that's not about how strong your faith is. Because when we are struggling or weak, remember God is at work for us and through us. God never gives up at work. He's promised from Jesus that Jesus died on the cross to save us and to know his, so that we can be loved and so that we can live with him forever. That never disappears. That can never be taken away. I want to read the last few verses of today's reading, but this time from um, a paraphrase translation, which may help you understand what's going on. Because sometimes Paul uses some very dense language. And this is from verses 19 to 25. Abraham didn't focus on his own impotence and say, it's hopeless. This hundred-year-old body could never father a child. Nor did he survey Sarah's decades of infertility and give up. He didn't tiptoe around God's promise and asking cautiously sceptical questions. He plunged into the promise and came up strong, ready for God, sure that God would make good on what he had said. That's why it is said, Abraham was declared fit before God by trusting God to set him right. And here's the good news for us. But it's not just Abraham, it's also us. The same thing gets said about us when we embrace and believe the one who brought Jesus to life. When the conditions were equally hopeless. The sacrifice Jesus made us a gift from God. Set us right with God. And so if you've ever thought, am I good enough for God? Will God still love me because I've done this or that? I'm not quite sure whether I fully believe. You know, someone once said to me, you've got to keep a picture of faith. Faith is like being pregnant. You're either pregnant or you're not. In other words, you either have faith or you don't. And even a little bit of faith can go a long way. It does go a long way. If you've ever worried about that, can I encourage you to know that God, God loves you, God is with you, and even if your faith is weak, it doesn't depend on that strength of faith you have, but it depends on God himself. It's a little bit like this story. One day a building caught on fire. And there was a child 
caught on the third floor. And a fireman went up. And it was smoke on this third floor. And it was so dense you couldn't see anything. And the fireman kept talking and asking the child to keep talking. And immediately, eventually located the child. And the fireman put his arm out and said, grab hold of my arm. And the child said, but I can't see you. He said, can you see my arm? But is it you, the child said. Grab hold of my arm. And the child reached out and grabbed hold of the arm of the fireman. The fireman then scooped up the child and took the child out of the fire, out of the smoke, into safety. Well, that's like us and our faith with God. You see, our faith with God, the power of faith does not come from how strong our faith is. It does not come because we know everything that's in the Bible or can recite everything or we've got all the teachings and doctrine correct. Our faith doesn't come because we've been the most loving person in the world. Our faith in God, the power of our faith, comes from the one we have faith in. The power of faith comes from the one who loves us so much that he sent his son into this world to deal with our hopelessness, to die for us and to rise for us so that we can have eternal life, so all our sins can be forgiven. And therefore the power of faith comes not from us, nor how strong a faith we believe in, nor how good a prayer we are or how good a singer we are, nor how much we know about the Bible, nor how even loving we are. But it comes from the one we have faith in. The one who not only says he loves us, but actually can love us in a way that no one else can love us. And so as we live, let's live a life with faith in God. Let's live a life of seeing what God is doing for us and others and seeing what he can do also through us. You see, there are. God does encourage us to do things, not just to sit back because he's promised to us and he will deliver, but also to take his message of love into the world, to live a life of love. And so I want to end with a, a short story of how faith in God can have an impact on us as a church. There was a small group of people, their church had about five key people left who were worshipping and a few irregular attendees. And these five people truly believed that God was going to do something in their congregation. And part of this thinking was, there's a lot of people who live around this area. There's a lot of people who need God's love. But for some reason, they hadn't been effective from a human perspective in the community. And so these five people said, we're going to commit for the next two years to simply praying 
and following God's lead, trusting that God will do something, trusting that God will do things. And I'd love to say that church is full after that two years, but it wasn't. But things began to change. Some of the irregular peoples began worshipping more frequently because they too began looking to see what God was going to do. Not only that, the church somehow became known to be a welcoming community, to encouraging people to know about the love of God. And someone who came to that church for some other reason, a baptism or something as a visitor, said this is one of the first churches I've come in here that it's about God is for us. Usually I'm hearing that Christians are saying the laws and the rules. So can I encourage all of us to think about what God is up to here? What God is up to with us? And will you commit to praying, to trusting God, to showing up even if it doesn't look like everything's great and to see what God is doing for you, but not only for you, also through you to bless others in his name. Because part of Abraham's story, when God said, I'm going to make you a father of many nations, he also said to Abraham, you're going to be blessed so you'll be a blessing to others. And so may we too be a blessing to others. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of faith. And we thank you that when we talk about faith, we're not talking about how good we are for you, but rather how good you are for us. Pour down your Holy Spirit on us and help us to continue to trust in you and to have faith with you no matter what is happening knowing that your promise that all who believe in you will have eternal life will come true because Jesus has died on the cross and rose from the dead. Loving Father, help us to be bearers of this faith, this faith of, faith of love, mercy and grace in the world we walk in. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.